everybody, welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Stav. And it's Griff. And today we're going to be recapping the Super Bowl. We're going to go through our uh, party picks that we talked about last episode. We're going to go through the actual game. Will will be joining us later on in the episode to recap the actual game. But Griff, it was a great Super Bowl. I'm excited to talk about it. Let's do this. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. The second half, I guess you could say, of the Super Bowl special, recapping the game, recapping all of our prop picks that we uh, took in the prior episode. And we're going to get things started off here with a little bit of a review, a recap of our picks, who was right for each one, who was wrong for each one, um, who won at the end of it all as well. But we get things started at the beginning. Um, with the national anthem, the over/under was set at one nineteen and a half. In Stav, like you said on the last episode, um, this was one of the only picks that I mean everybody had the same exact pick. We all had the over at one nineteen and a half, and it didn't hit. <laughs> yeah, that was, it didn't so hit. it was by milliseconds, dude. It was. It's so unfortunate because. I was so sure. I mean, you and I were talking about it before we actually started recording. I had we all had our stopwatches out, right? And the timer went off at mm-hmm. the two minute mark, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, this hit!" And then, like the official—I don't know who times it. Like, I, I think it went over, but everyone picks the over, so like, I oh, know it's under. So th- that's what happened. I mean. There's no doubt in my mind that it actually went over, but the some official guy on Twitter, I guess, put out a stopwatch of like 0.21 milliseconds under and the under hit. I mean, throughout the whole national anthem, like especially the start of it stuff, Chris Stapleton was extending the notes. And oh, I feel like it almost got down to the point where I feel like maybe Chris Stapleton told all of his boys to take the under. He was going to make it close and, and – have a good story at the beginning of the uh, of the evening for the Super Bowl. I cannot believe that he went under. All six of us that participated in these picks chose the over. Um, did not hit. <laughs> Moral of the story: did not hit. Chris Stapleton. Uh, it was a good rendition of the national anthem. I was eating wings at that moment in time, so mm-hmm. I was definitely still in a happy space. But, I mean, a bad start to the document. And how about we keep it going here with the Gatorade color going to the end of the game. We're not going to be talking, by the way, about the game at all until the end of the game. So, um, no, nah, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll throw a little picks for, like, our actual props and stuff like yeah. that. But we won't be recapping uh, the game in, in its entirety until we talk about our spreads and our over-unders. But the Gatorade color, we all know who won the game, ended up being purple, yeah. which – was the biggest underdog out of all. So I think once again, on purpose, I want to say the national anthem, the Gatorade color were two things where they screwed us over on purpose. Chris Stapleton knew what he was doing. And um, the crew from Kansas city knew what they were doing with the purple because nobody on this podcast took purple. Nobody on this picks took purple. It was the biggest underdog. Nobody took purple. Nobody likes grape. Do you like grape Gatorade? I don't like grape Gatorade. I don't hate it, but it's not my first choice. And I feel like a majority of people who are on that sideline don't think Grape Gatorade is the number one. There's a reason why it was the biggest underdog. It's probably because it's the least popular Gatorade out there. It's, yeah, like Grape, like it's good. Grape is good. Um, Yeah, I like Grape, but it's not my go-to. No, when you think of, uh, you know, when you think of championship Gatorade bass, you think uh, yellow. You think red, blue, and orange. I feel like those are like the big four. Purple was just a complete curveball. And I feel like since it was purple, stop, like you said, I feel like nobody on like the team, like that's not their first choice or anything. I think they just did that on purpose. You think so? I was like, yeah, like it, it, it's kind of like, okay, if we're going to win the Super Bowl, we're going to like, we might as well just have the Gatorade be purple. Like, I, I don't even think that they even drank any of that Gatorade. I think that they filled that up. Like, that's the once, uh, once Bucker hit his field goal, they were like, okay, let's let's make a fresh thing of Gatorade right now. Yeah, just perfect. in case we're ready to 
to dump it over Andy Reid. But purple, and, and by the way, the Gatorade color um, just wasn't shown. Yeah, without the camera, <laughs> biggest fumble of all time. Because after the game, everybody who's not a fan of the Chiefs only cares about the Gatorade color. I yeah, mean, like I, that's I, I tweeted it on the on the inside the five Twitter account. Everybody was tweeting about it. Nobody yeah. knew what color it was. That's the last bet of Super Bowl. I mean, other than MVP, but MVP can kind of be argued that's a bet during the game. That's the last party prop of the NFL season. You need to show that. That is the most important thing of this season, to be honest. And it's just the all-time fumble by the cameraman. I think you tweeted that he needed to be fired, or that might have been somebody else. No, or I just that- said uh, – one second. I, I just said – Someone tell me what the Gatorade color is. That's all I said. Yeah, okay, fair. I, somebody else tweeted out that he needed to be fired, and I agree. I mean, that's an all-time fumble. You got to keep you got to keep the camera – I mean, regardless of the color, that's something everyone wants to see. You want to see the head coach getting doused in Gatorade. 100%, especially Andy Reid. Yeah, that would have been an all-time <laughs> fumble. But – next. But, I mean, I mean yeah, um, just to wrap it up, Gatorade color rigged, national anthem rigged. So we got to move on to something that isn't rigged. It's the coin toss. Um, And this is actually something that uh, I really was confident in, Stav. And me and Darren both had heads. uh, The majority, uh, you, Will, Jaden, and Nico all had tails. At the end of the day, it's a 50-50. It's a true 50-50. But the good part of this, you know, this is the third one. Nobody has gotten anything right. You had to put the coin toss in our top three, so so somebody could be right because mm-hmm. after this, uh, we got two more where we missed. Which I mean, we will talk about the halftime show. I think we should talk about it right now. There's not too much to talk about the coin toss. It's literally heads or tails. Um, the halftime show, Stav. As a Rihanna super fan, uh, before we get into any of our predictions, I just want like an overall uh, feeling. Um, I want like an overall like reaction to it to okay. you seeing she's pregnant once again is it a um, kid whose kid is that i mean that there's was, a lot of stuff going on with this halftime show no the, the halftime show is absolutely electric i think she killed it um everyone at the the function that i was with thought that she killed it as well um as a rihanna super fan i'll give it an 8.7 out of 10 there's always room for improvement right some yep. things that she could have done to improve her score maybe bring on a special guest to sing with her Right. I mean, all the lights, you're probably not going to bring on Kanye West. Just we know that wasn't going to happen. Jay-Z could have came on. He could. He was there. He could. If he if he was a special guest, this would have been the best halftime show of all time. Right. I I, I think I would agree. I think I would agree. Eminem came on for Love the Way You Lie would have been the best halftime show of all time. If they all if. Each of the, I mean, you, the the show was about Rihanna. Rihanna deserved the spotlight. That's why I gave her an eight point seven. And, and that's that's why stop. That's why I think that Rihanna didn't invite anybody onto the stage with her. Uh, rightfully so, it was her moment. Yeah, exactly. It was her moment. It was her and moment, and she killed it. She did. She did. And, and we'll get into a little bit about uh, our predictions for the first song of the halftime show. None of us were correct. Um, a complete curveball. Bitch, better have my money. Was not yeah. something I was expecting. Stop. I, I was. I was expecting it throughout the performance. I wasn't ready for it to be the first song. None of us got any of these right. No. Um, I mean, these are tough bats, though. These were the first song was a, was a three pointer on our scale, and the last song was a five pointer on our scale. The last song ended up being diamonds. Yeah, which I'm which I'm pissed about because I had diamonds as the first song of the halftime show. Oh, absolutely killed it too with diamonds. Diamonds was a great way to end the show. Beautiful, like, it was beautiful. I, it was a great show. I, I can't complain. The choreography was awesome. She's yeah. awesome. She like, was in the air. She was in the air the entire time. The one thing that I saw <laughs> a lot of people complaining about online is she stole Kanye West's or Kanye West's stage. Design. All of the lights. See, well, yeah, I think she did that on purpose. Yeah, I think so too. I, I Rihanna doesn't do anything by mistake. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but I, I saw a lot of Kanye fans saying that. But um, yeah, I great performance. I think it, it's the best one that we've seen in the past few years. I think this one was better than last year's. Uh, Who was last year? It was Snoop Dogg. Eminem. Oh yeah, it was the uh, it was too Avengers. much. 
Yeah, the Rap was, Avengers. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, see, I no, I knew who it was last year, but um, like they sucked. It was it was terrible. Um, I'm trying to think of the last like good one. Bruno Mars was good, but I, I think that I was there, so like it was kind of biased, and that was I, 2014. I yeah, I was there for Justin Timberlake. Um, I didn't like JT's. I'm a Justin Timberlake guy. I didn't like Justin Timberlake's halftime performance. No, I didn't. So I didn't know if I've talked about this with other people too, if it was better on TV, because sometimes the effects only appeal to those who are watching on TV. I mean, compared like hundreds of millions watching on TV compared to whatever 70,000 that are there. But um, in part, it just kind of felt underwhelming for Justin, like Justin Timberlake. I mean, I don't think. I, mean, I don't know why we're talking about Justin Timberlake. Essentially, I mean, I, the only reason they could have done better for that. I no, wish I saw better no, concert. I wish no, I saw no. Rihanna. If, if Rihanna no, was there, I would have went nuts. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like uh, to compare it to my experience in person, Bruno Mars was. I mean, there's never a moment too big for Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Bruno Mars is a true professional. Bruno mm-hmm. Mars. Um, I mean, one of my favorite voices. Like, yeah. if I had to choose, like voices that I wanted to hear at all times, like Bruno Mars would be up there. Uh, Morgan Freeman would be up there um, for me. Um, but like, there was never a moment too big for Bruno Mars. The thing with Rihanna is there's never, I mean, it's the same thing, but in a sense where I feel like Rihanna is just like, if you put Rihanna in any situation, it turns into a big situation. Yeah. Like Rihanna is like, Rihanna's, in my opinion, this is gonna, this is gonna be a hot take. Hopefully, there's not too many uh, forty to fifty year old females listening to this, um, which obviously there isn't. Um, um, but I feel like Rihanna is almost in Beyonce level, where Rihanna did her thing, right? I mean, we know Destiny's Child with Beyonce, but with Rihanna, she did her thing on her own, and then she left, right? And Beyonce kind of went on her little break too, and that's when she turned into like queen b type shit um rihanna when she left everybody missed her and this was the big return of rihanna and once again that's one of the biggest moments ever i mean i i could throw that up there with the queen halftime super bowl performance in terms of like um just like the moment you know and 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 i feel like rihanna rihanna can't live down to that moment because she is the moment and and rihanna is on her way to, to being crowned queen Oh, 100%. Um, The one thing that I find so fascinating about the Super Bowl halftime show is – actually, this is perfect because at the Super Bowl you went to, you went to the Broncos-Seahawks, and the Seahawks were just dominating that game, right? So you didn't care how long that halftime show went. You were just enjoying it, right? I mean, because you weren't necessarily worried per se. No. But – so I went to the Patriots game, the Super Bowl against the Eagles that they ended up losing, but the Patriots were down at half, right? And I just wanted the halftime show to be over. I, I just wanted the second half to start. I wanted to see the comeback, right? I was anxious. So the perspectives of different fans on how they perceive the halftime show is, is something that I think is interesting because I saw on Twitter a lot of the time, like a lot of people on the Chiefs were like, oh, great halftime show, but we need to get the second half underway. We want the, we want to come back. And then like a lot of the time the Eagles fans were like, oh, we're up. We don't really care. Essentially, like this is a great show. You can enjoy the show a little stress, uh, less stressed out compared to those who are down essentially in half. So I'm glad that we have fair. this sample size right here, the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, no, super fair. But um, just final thoughts, Stav. Uh, super Bowl halftime show. You said eight point seven. Is that yep. correct? Eight point seven. Um, she started with "Bitch Better Have My Money," Stav. She ended with diamonds. You gave your prediction, Disturbia as the beginning, take a bow as the ending. Um, hypothetical situation, do you think that she ran the first and last song appropriately, or do you think that maybe she should have gone Disturbia first and take a bow second? Uh, she did it right with – I wasn't thinking that would be the first song. I didn't even yeah. think that she would play that song. Yeah. Um, that's how you get a show started, though. You get the people going. She did her thing. She did yeah. her thing. Exactly. I'm glad that she I, – I, I wanted to wrap back to my uh, – answer my own question. I, I mean, I think it, it, the track list was perfect. 100%. Step step. You, I think everyone perfect. forgets how many bangers Rihanna has. 
Oh no, and you she can't didn't miss on one song that she performed. You can't. You uh, like Rihanna. Rihanna could run like a three to four hour concert of like straight bangers that everybody knows every word to, and you're like, wait, I didn't even know I was that big of a Rihanna fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like people that don't realize that they like Rihanna know maybe 10, 11, 12 Rihanna songs. That's how big she is. And nobody nobody talks about it. That's why I think she's on her level to Beyonce. And if you're um, part of the demographic that's interested in those debates, a.k.a. 48, 40 to 50-year-old females, and you're also listening to this podcast, um, I, would love to, <laughs> I would love to get your opinion on this topic. But uh, how, how about we move on to, to the next topic? Um, Before we end the party props, I want to bring up the commercials. Yes. Um, they need to stop. Uh, just a few things quick. One, they need to stop releasing Super Bowl commercials before the Super Bowl, right? Because I feel like there were no new cool Super Bowls that were memorable. I mean, the Breaking Bad one was cool, but like they released that. I knew that was coming. If they didn't release it, it would have been cool. But I feel like every single commercial that was on, I mean, I really wasn't paying attention to the commercials because so how we had the setup at where I was is like they have an upstairs, right? And it was a lounge and that's where they had the TV. And then downstairs, they kept all the food. So like during commercials, I was walking downstairs and getting food. But also the the Tubi commercial just. Oh, yeah. I mean, that I mean, that completely screwed with me. No, I hope they go bankrupt. What? I, I hope they go bankrupt. I mean, it was it was messed up. You can't do that. And like, you can't. So let, me, let me tell you a story. So my dad at our church's men club, he's the one who sets up all the technology for the Super Bowl event that they have. They had like 40, mm-hmm. they had 50 people there. One of the bigger events. And he's in charge of setting up all the TVs, the streaming, all of that, right? So he was like in the back, not really paying attention. It was a commercial. And when that menu popped up, just think of like 35 old Greek guys just screaming at you, like cussing him out because they thought he was changing the channel and he's just sitting in the back, like eating or something. And I'm like, yeah, I, right when that happened in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh my God, my dad's getting screamed at right now. And I called him this morning to talk about it. And he's like, it was the worst 10 seconds of my life. He's like, I don't have the fucking remote. Why are you guys yelling at me? And then like the, I say 35 out of 50, cause like 15 people realized it was a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, so, I had like, there's maybe 10, 10 people at my apartment and picture the same thing, but with like the way that college kids would approach it. And I'm in charge of the remote. So I'm the remote guy, but all of my, all of the remotes I put under the TV. So nobody else would touch them. And if somebody went to go touch it, I would be able to see it, but I didn't even have a remote near me in case I accidentally pressed a button, like leaned on it or something. I, I take that stuff seriously. And when it started um, right away, I was like, Oh, this is a commercial. Like I'm not touching anything. It's yeah. a commercial. And just picture like nine other kids that are like 20, 21 years old going Griff, bro. Like, what are you doing? Griff? Like, and I'm just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting here eating wings right now. Like I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching anything, but I mean, I'm glad that you brought up the commercial stuff because overall this year, if we were to rate this on a scale of W to L, uh, it, it was an L commercial year. In yeah. my opinion, yeah, I'm I glad think the commercial sucked. It was the highest, uh, highest paying year to buy a 30 second ad, $7 million for a 30 second ad and the only commercials i remember were the jack harlow triangle one when he was like yeah. gonna go on the world tour and i only remember that because i mean that was just 100 percent the illuminati i mean there was just no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. um and then other than that i remember it, the ones that always get me because i'm like a hyper-focused kid is the ones where nothing's going on. There's just a QR code in the middle of the screen. And, like, there's just, like, a weird, like, noise in the background. Those ones, like, for some reason, I always remember those ones, but I never scanned the QR code, so I have no idea what it was for. Uh, That was early in the game. Other than that, I don't remember other commercials, and I feel like year in and year out, like, there's a few commercials each year that you truly are, like, 
I mean, like, there's been commercials in the Super Bowl that have made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like the Miller Lite dog and horse commercials. Yep. It, th- there was not a single dog slash horse commercial um, where a dog and a horse could either begin a beautiful friendship or end a beautiful friendship. And I feel like if there's a year without one of those commercials, <laughs> it's an L year. Okay. The one thing that I thought was kind of funny, but I'm going to explain my reasoning why. Because you brought up Miller Lite. The Coors versus Miller Lite debate. Well, and then, I was waiting for it because of PMT. I was waiting for it. Blue Moon swoops in and wins. And it's like the Blue Moon. I know that's all owned by the same company. Yeah. But Blue Moon, like what they Blue think was going It's like, oh, shit. Blue Moon won. I got to go run out and buy some Blue Moons <laughs> right now. It's like, no. No one gives a fuck about Blue Moon. No one actually <laughs> gave a fuck about Miller versus Coors. And when he comes down to it. It's not like you're going to change your perception of beer because Coors beat Miller, Miller beat Coors. And then Blue Moon, it's like they expected it to be like a WWE Royal Rumble like reaction where the crowd goes fucking nuts when like John Cena comes out of nowhere. No, no one cares that Blue Moon, everyone's like, oh. No, like the, no. the perception of what was going to happen and what actually happened was way too different. No, nah, and it, 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 I mean, it sucked. It sucked. That was one of the commercials that they were like, we're not releasing this until the Super Bowl, but just know that it's Miller Lite versus Coors Light. Who's going to win? And that was a good marketing strategy, and you ruined it. How do you, how do you fumble the bag that bad? Like, that was something that people, I was thinking about that, and I didn't care about it at all once I saw the commercial. I didn't care about it. Like I didn't realize it at first. Like, I was like, what do you mean blue moon? Why? And then I (laughs) – And and hypothetical situation, you have Miller, Coors, and Blue Moon. Blue Moon's not winning that. Yeah. Just based off of popularity. I mean, based off of every single attribute, Blue Moon's not winning that. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I thought Coors was going to – I think Coors did win if they did some sort of vote. Yes. It was definitely – it had to have been Coors. Yeah. But Coors had the world behind it, you know? Coors had everyone behind it. I don't even think Blue Moon was trending on Twitter after that. I don't think anyone gave a flying fuck what happened. I don't think any commercials were trending on Twitter. Yeah, usually you get I mean, it's probably the first year that's ever happened. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. I'm glad you brought up the commercials because that was was a talking point that needed to be discussed. Um, One of the worst commercial years we've ever had in the history of of Super Bowls, I would Mm -hmm. say, overall. But... Good thing we had a good halftime show. I feel like it cancels that out. Um, and, and to end off the little party picks, uh, we have our final little piece, which is actually, I mean, I guess you could say during the game, will a fan run on the field? Stav, uh, I graded this as a no. I don't think a fan ran on the field. No, I, I didn't see a fan. anything. Yeah. I didn't see anybody run on the field, no. um, which was kind of stupid. I, I feel like every single major event, somebody should be running on the field. Yeah. What's happened to America? Speaking – oh, God. I, I should have brought this up, too, with the commercials. The Gronk field goal was just a failure. That oh, was, my God. He oh, that. Was, no, because, because on Fox, for months, for months, they were talking about Gronk's going to kick a field goal at halftime of the Super Bowl. I'm expecting him to kick a 30-yarder in Arizona at yeah. the stadium it, during the game. That's what should have happened. Dude, he was on a patch of grass in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the desert with like, his family. Not only that, it looked the, people have slowed it down. It looked it like good. it went in, and they, they just said he missed. Who, who but I think they did that. They did that on purpose to try to trend, to to try to go trending on Twitter, and they still didn't. No, they didn't, and everyone hates every. Like the only thing I saw on Twitter about that was like, okay, I'm never betting FanDuel again. Now we know that they're corrupt. Yeah. Because yeah, he made yeah. it because people bet on that. Like really? Yeah, because it was a it was a line in FanDuel. Like, will Gronk make the field goal? Yes, like plus whatever. People were betting on it. He made it, and they said no good. And they said no good. I was confused. I thought I I could have swore I saw it go in. And they were like, as it drifts further left, it's no good. I was like, what do you mean it's no good? Like that it went, went in. in. Like, literally, if people who are listening go watch this on Twitter, people slow it down. You could see the ball clearly going inside of the upright, and they just ruled it no good. How do you just morally not do that? I don't know. All right. Back to the the actual game props. 
Yeah, I just yeah. need to get that one quickly off my yeah, chest. Oh, definitely. Uh, if you um, take it back from here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into some game props now. Um, overall, so far, um, there is a three-way lead or two-way lead or three-way lead between Ustav, uh, Nico, and Darren. So mm. it, it gets into game props. It switches up a lot from here on out. Um, let's get it started with a sweep of the first kickoff resulting in a touchback. Everybody predicted yes. My vision. A lock. Uh, you didn't? No, I said my vision. Oh, your vision. Yes, your vision. Exactly. I was going to say, I thought I could have swore that I cut up a clip of us doing hand signals for like 15 mm-hmm. seconds. But we all hit. Thank God on that one. That was a great way to start. So uh, the Super Bowl, the way that I started off uh, my actual betting slips was I had the national anthem over. I had the coin toss heads. And um, I had first kickoff resulting in a touchback. I had the most money on first kickoff resulting in a touchback. Yep. Thank God, because the other two did not hit. Um, I actually heard some news before the game Sunday morning that two of the last nine Super Bowls uh, resulted in a touchback. The other seven had it. So I was, I mean, you could imagine shaking in my boots as uh, Harrison Bucker slipped on the grass. Yep. Which we're going to have to talk about the grass in a little bit as well. Uh, Slipped on the grass opening kickoff and somehow still got it into the end zone. I mean, that was an electric way to start. He kind of did our Madden strategy. Like, I just kick it. Yeah. Yeah. You skunk kick it to the the left corner of the end zone. And that's what he did. But it, it wasn't incidental. Or he didn't necessarily do it on purpose. The kick didn't look deep. I saw that going at a line drive, and I got nervous. I'm like, oh, no, he's about to take this out. And it curved to the left. Uh, Boston Scott waved it off, like I said. And, and, hey, my dream was right. You guys are welcome for the free money. I mean, just an absolute, like, emotional roller coaster of, like, two and a half seconds. It was insane. It was everything you'd ever want from a Super Bowl touchback. It that was one of the better touchbacks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was absolutely because you weren't expecting it. He messed up. He messed up, and we still got our bet. And shout out Harrison Bucker. Um, he was a reason why I didn't hit a bet. So it's still f him. Uh, actually, two different bets, or one bet, one pick on this. My my uh, obscure pick. Um, we'll get we'll get to that, but didn't hit because of Harrison Bucker. We all did good on the touchback. Pistol P. William is now on the episode. Will, you found us at a perfect time. Uh, We just started the game props. We just talked about uh, first kickoff resulting in a touchback. We're moving on now to the first coach's challenge outcome. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the first challenge came from the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid on a ball spot. Is that correct? No, I think didn't it? I thought it was successful with the Devonta. No, because remember Devonta was that a coach's challenge or a booth review? When Devonta was it? Was it the scoring play or no? No, it was Devonta Smith. He caught it and bobbled it out of bounds, and then Sirianni did the thing like, "Okay, bring the ball over here," like mocking Kansas City. Um, oh, now I'm thrown off. I thought it was. Remember, you me yours, and I'll I'll see. Uh, Andy Reid. Um, what was it? It was like the Eagles got a first down, or no? Well, it was it was the play with, with the, where the Eagles. I forgot who I want to say it was Dallas Goddard, but I feel like I'm wrong. He came across the middle of the field, grabbed the ball. That was but in the second half. Whether or not yes. he dragged his Third foot quarter. before the ball came in, they they could. They, they were questioning whether or not he had both feet yes. in bounds at the was. time of the catch. They said it was a catch, but then uh, – or no, they said – wait. Now I I'm they, thrown they, No, so what happened was I'm they – picking up right now. The Eagles sped up the play, and then the, the, yes. the next play but there was, a, was a dead There was an offside. There, yes. The ball got blown dead, and then Andy Reid threw the flag. But it was yeah, unsuccessful. They, they were eligible for – yeah, they were eligible to challenge. And that was in the second half. That was in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that was it a booth review then? 
I feel um, like I thought it, I couldn't tell if it was a challenge or a booth review. I don't think Sirianni threw a red challenge flag. No. So Devonta Smith, remember in the first half, they threw a deep shot to him and he caught it around the seven yard line and he lost possession kind of the ball like hit the ground when he was out of bounds and then they reviewed it, but it might've been under two minutes. So that's a booth review in the second quarter ended up being overturned. Yes. So this is not a coach's challenge. Well, I don't know if that was a coach's challenge or a booth review. Yeah. Booth review. Birth review. Mark, not a challenge. Okay. Not a challenge. Okay. So, I mean, this works out for you, Stav, because you had first coach's challenge um, unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Me and Will had successful, along with Jaden, the two others, Darren and Nico, also had unsuccessful. Um, it was that Andy Reid call, which was the only challenge of the game. All other were uh, booth review. And um, the other one that I was thinking of was the first score of the game where it could have been gained well, but they were short. That was also a booth review because all scoring oh. plays are reviewed. Want to know the worst beat of all time? Let's hear it. My uncle had Kenneth Gainwell first touchdown. A lot of people I know had him. And I had him um, – this is a – a good win, the opposite of whatever the opposite you'd say of a bad beat is. I had Kenneth Gainwell over 20.5 rushing yards. He had 21. Ooh. He had 21. Awesome. That's, that's a hit. That's a good hit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was awesome. Um, but first challenge, unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid threw one down in the third quarter. That was the only challenge of the game. That's not eyes. who I expected to have the unsuccessful challenge. You thought, I thought yeah, I remember on the pod you said you thought it was going to be Sirianni yep. because he is emotional. And, and he, Sirianni, oh, we should have talked about it during the national anthem over. He was emotional. He I have cried emotional. during the national anthem. I'm not, I mean, yeah. I love my country, I love the stars and stripes, and I love the national anthem. But Nick Sirianni was like emotionally like attached to that rendition of the national must be a big country guy. Yeah, Chris Stapleton killed the national anthem. We we kind of skipped over that he killed it. He did a great. Oh, job. it was a, it was a great rendition. It was a great rendition. I was just around ten uh, college age men at the time, so I'm not going to be crying during a national anthem. I was too busy timing it, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, Nick Sirianni, though, I mean, just a what what an emotional roller coaster he went through yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get to the game, but uh, I think he deserved to be humbled a little bit. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll move on to the next one, um, the highest-scoring quarter, which mm-hmm. one of us got right out of the picks. Jaden with the fourth quarter. Yeah. He must have known something. Fourth quarter, um, you know, we'll talk about it in just a minute here now, but fourth quarter was exciting. It could have ended a lot differently. It could have ended a lot more in more of a exciting nature, but I would argue that the first 12 minutes of the fourth quarter – was some of the best Super Bowl football we've seen, especially in the past few years. I would even argue the same thing about this game um, with how close it was with with all the different things surrounding it. Um, The highest scoring quarter being the fourth is great for the league. It is, it makes it more interesting, makes more fun. But the uh, little tidbit that I had about it, uh, me and Nico bet the set or said the second, everybody else had the third, the fourth quarter only had one more point than the second quarter because if you guys remember, uh, the Eagles down eight needed the two-point conversion. Jalen Hurts got it. So one point off it being the second quarter. Um, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of people guessed third in this situation. Shout out Jaden for snagging a point uh, when nobody else grabs a point here with the fourth quarter. Um, but overall, I mean, just, just an absolute scoring onslaught the second highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, which is epic. I mean, that was we'll, we'll get to it, but yeah, we saw some fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and we'll go we'll go right into anytime touchdown bets where I had I guess we'll list right now. I had Isaiah Pacheco anytime. Stav had Dallas Goddard, Will had AJ Brown, Jaden had Devonta Smith, Darren had Jalen Hurts, and uh Nico rode with you Stav with Dallas Goddard. Um I wouldn't have been surprised throughout this game if all of them hit, if all of those hit. Um, Will 
congratulations. AJ Brown found his way into the end zone. Darren, congratulations. Hertz found his way into the end zone three times. Um, and I cashed on Isaiah Pacheco. Shout out Isaiah Pacheco throughout this game. Stav missed out on uh, Dallas Goddard. Uh-huh. Jaden missed out on Devonta Smith. And obviously Nico missed out on Dallas, Dallas Goddard as well. But those two guys, Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, put up great games. And I, I want to especially say Devonta Smith, who, I mean, was getting beat the whole game. Like, rock, like, like physically, like, in, in the on the first drive. Remember, he picked up the first down. I mean, when he got hit, I, I didn't think that there was a chance he was coming back in this game. And, and he ended up coming back into the game, obviously. He finished with the most receiving yards um, between either team. He finished with 100 yards. Didn't find his way into the end zone, though, sadly. But, I mean, this is a team that's going to be back. And Devonta Smith is going to be back. And Devonta Smith put up, I mean, a heroic performance in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's one of the smallest guys in the league height or weight wise and he was getting thrown around like a rag doll but it didn't matter it was kind of I don't want to say Edelman-esque because they play different roles Mm -hmm. and positions at the wide receiver position but just the way that like you know we've seen Edelman we've seen Welker especially Welker get like just pounded every Mm -hmm. single time he has the ball Devonta Smith had seven receptions I feel like every single time or at least five of those he was getting like hit stick yeah, he was just laid out last night. Absolutely laid out. <laughs> he was getting popped, and he just kept getting up. Like I, I, I got a, I found a new respect for Devonta Smith. I mean, I found a new respect for a majority of everybody who was on the field yesterday. To be honest, yes. I, I think, that, yeah, I, they, both teams deserve to be there. There's no doubt. Uh, I think it really silent. We'll, we'll get to it again, but this game silenced a lot of doubters between both of these teams. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and I'll speed up the process here because I'm ready to talk about the game. But yeah, first touchdown score, Jaden and Nico hit on Hertz rushing. Um, Stav, you had Miles Sanders. Will, you had Devonta Smith. Um, I had Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was the second touchdown um, of the day. And for obscure stats, um, Harrison Butker screwed me by missing one of his field goals. I had both teams over one and a half field goals made. Tough bet. Stav, you had the exact final score. You thought you had the script. Hey, does this? I was only off by one point in reverse. Yeah, I know. I was actually getting nervous when um, Kansas City got thirty-five. I was like, this could this could easily happen where Philly scores a touchdown with enough time. They just kick a field goal because I mean, two-point conversions are very uh, scary. They get the ball back, kick a field goal, Stav, and you hit plus eight thousand. I mean, I it would have been insane. I didn't um, know it, but I know somebody who who did, and it was ridiculous payout. Yeah, I mean, like, I could only imagine. And uh, will game ending in a score gami? I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we really just threw it out there, you know, have some fun, hope to see something interesting. You know, score yeah. gami is always something fun to see when it happens. So why not? That was my mentality. Definitely, but. But shout out Nico with the first half over a lock. Yeah. I cashed on the first quarter over. Me too. Um, and shout out Jaden, defensive yeah. or special teams anytime touchdown. Uh, at plus two thirty, he got it at around. Um, when oh my god, why am I Nick Bolton? When Nick Bolton, yeah. I mean, scooped and scored. It was that was. You could argue. I mean, we're we're getting on to the point where we're talking about our spread and over yeah. under, so we can talk about it. Was that? The biggest moment of the game, yeah, that that completely changed momentum. The at that point, the Eagles were up fourteen to seven, driving essentially. Like they could have met up, went up twenty one to seven or seventeen to seven with, and how would this game was going? That really kept the Chiefs in it because you don't know what's going to happen in that Eagles drive. Up to that point, Kansas City had no answer. The the Eagles went down twice and scored twice. So, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. I mean, shout out. Jaden hitting cashing in on that. I wouldn't have guessed that would happen. And we almost even had a punt return touchdown in the game with Kadarius Tony. He brought it down to five. That was another big play. Um, but with the spreads, we had two people take Philadelphia. Stav, you were one of them. Jaden was the other. And Will, congratulations. Myself, congratulations. Darren, Nico, shout out you guys picking Kansas City. Um, crazy game. Like I've been saying throughout the whole episode. 
and we can finally talk about it. We all cashed on the over. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, it was the second highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. I don't remember the exact year, but somebody told me it was like the oh, somebody told me the game. It was it was like the Chargers versus somebody. Stop if you can find that. Uh, I know you're looking it up. Bad journalism, so I'm not gonna keep going on about it, but um, this game from the very oh, the start, Patriots, the Patriots and Eagles scored more than uh, these two teams did five, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Oh, so was it this one? Was it that no, one? It, it might have been that. It might have been that one. I know in that game, the most total yards were accumulated. I think the final, well, because I know the 49ers put up like 50 on the Chargers, I think it was. So, yeah, that was the game that somebody, I, oh. Uh, somebody in my class this morning told me it was the second highest game, and it was the Charger, a Chargers game. They got like blown out. Okay, so yes, the highest scoring Super Bowl was the Chargers and the 49ers, where they combined for seventy five points, and the Patriots and Eagles combined for seventy four, and then this game the combined score was seventy three. Oh, so the third. That's on me. It was the third. Um, but that doesn't take back on the excitement of it at all. Um, and Super Bowl MVP. Patrick Mahomes, um, who I bet on, thank God that hit. It was pretty much whatever team won the quarterback was going to be the um, the um, Super Bowl MVP, unless I would say if Nick Bolton got that second scoop and score. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Very, yeah, very say close to happening. It, it was very close to happening. Um, but throughout this game, a lot of jabs thrown. We all know that the Chiefs did not go a drive without scoring in the second half. But the first half is really what I want to look into because – um, you go into the second quarter, tied seven seven. Philadelphia goes into a or goes on a little run. They go into halftime up ten, right? Mm-hmm. And from there on out, you know that the Chiefs aren't out of it. Um, but you don't. I mean, you're obviously not confident down ten, right? You're down two scores. Um, I think the Eagles did the Eagles. The Eagles got the ball back. No, the, start. the Chiefs got the ball Chiefs. in the second half because. The Eagles went – they received the first hit because Boston got on the touchback. That's – oh, yeah, that's that's 100% right. Excuse me. Um, it's been a long day. Um, but, yeah, uh, they get the ball back. They go down. They score. Um, that's right. That's right. I was just completely thrown off. That's a big start right there. But throughout that first half, it was kind of just – I feel like the Chiefs weren't out of it at all. But I just feel like nothing was really clicking, like – Patrick Mahomes was having his moments, getting guys down the field. Um, I just feel like at that point, Hertz was, th- I mean, throwing the hell out of the ball. And that was the whole point that was made, that you turn Hertz into a quarterback and don't let that team run the ball and see what happens. And for a second, it was like, okay, they did that, but Hertz is commanding, right? Hertz is like giving the ball to everybody. And, and Devonta Smith had 100 yards. A.J. Brown Threw that ball, A.J. Brown touchdown. Absolute dime on that ball. Yeah, that ball. Exactly. And he was he was throwing the ball all around the field, and it just kind of looked like Philly. Like, I mean, not that they were going to take over at all. It just didn't look like there was really any sign of slowing them down. And And the Chiefs. Go. Sorry to interrupt, but essentially they never did get stopped. I mean, I was going to say that they. That's what was great about this game. That the really only miscues and we harp on this a lot. I know we already talked about us and Madden and our special team strategies, but it's crazy how much special teams actually impacts the game. And that's where this game was won and lost in my opinion. Agreed. I would agree a hundred percent because both offenses were on the whole day. A lot of, uh, a lot of hate is getting deflected towards Philadelphia's defense. But when you go up against Patrick Mahomes, it's pretty hard to stop. But when Bucker missed that field goal, in the first half, that was a big deal. Yeah, They needed to kind of even off that playing field where I feel like the offenses were kind of matching up. The defenses were kind of matching up, in my opinion, too. And it showed through the score of how even it really was throughout. Um, they needed to get it back on special teams. And I would even count, obviously, that defensive touchdown, which we said was probably the turning point in that game. But Katarius Tony's return to the five yard line. I mean, you couldn't imagine a, a bigger moment in the Super Bowl like to happen on a punt return, like getting it all the way down to the five. We've never seen a punt return touchdown. We've seen a kick return touchdown in the Super Bowl, never a punt return. That was, I mean, 
insane to get it all the way down to the five. You have a limited time to come back in this game at this point. You you have the best possible field position that you could have without being on like the one yard line or even in the end zone at that point. Um, you get the job done. Pacheco scores a touchdown. And, and from there on out, I mean, the offense, the Kansas City offense was unstoppable in the second mm-hmm. half. And it proved they didn't go a drive without – or they didn't go a drive uh, scoreless in the second half. They scored on every single drive. And what's so crazy about that too, it's like if you look at the box score, it's not overwhelming. No. Like Especially boxing. Patrick Mahomes' stats. Mahomes didn't throw for over 200 yards, which – is just absolutely – he threw for 182, right? Mm-hmm. If you see – I mean, he did throw for, throw for three touchdowns. But it's like if you look at the box score and you see, okay, Mahomes only threw for 182 yards. Um, there was only one rushing touchdown. You're like, oh, shit, the, the Eagles must have just dominated this game. No, they got production out of everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You look at Pacheco. He had 76 yards on the ground. Mahomes had 44 on the ground. McKinnon had 34. Like – there's a lot of production coming from these external positions and they were returning. Like they did well with the returns on special teams. I think the Eagles punted twice and both times uh, Kadarius Tony had a pretty good return on it. Yep. Yeah. They punted yeah. twice. Um, Tony had his longest return of 65 yards. The other one went for around 15 yards, which is yeah. good for a punt because usually punts either end in a, in a fair catch or a dead ball. So it goes right back to that point of just kind of prioritizing, making sure that you know how important special teams is in a football game. And I mean, the only other like Super Bowl that I can think of where special teams was so prevalent in, in a game where uh, in a game was the Rams Patriots, but that's just because of how low scoring it was. I feel like the field goals just meant a little bit more. Um, the, there was a few like good punts, like great punts. I mean, I remember Will. Remember we were watching that Super Bowl together, the Pats Rams, and there were points where we were like, okay, like depending on what team wins it, if the Rams win it, like that punter, it was Hecker at that point. Hecker, yeah, yeah, it. like yeah, but, he, he pinned like every single time. Like it was like single digit yard line, like almost every single every single time. They yeah, the yeah, no, exactly. That was the last time I could really remember special teams being such a, a a big thing. And I actually just thought about it. I feel like such an idiot. I said that there's never been a punt return, but there totally has been in the Seahawks Super Bowl that I was literally at. Um, because that was the only other Super Bowl I could remember anything special teams wise. But this was a game where, um. The kickers were involved. The Harrison Bucker missing a field goal was a big deal in the first half. We didn't know what was going to happen after that. Jake Elliott hit both of his field goals. He went three for three from extra point. Um, each kicker hit their over in total points. They were both at seven and a half. Uh, Bucker had eight. Jake Elliott had nine. Everybody was scoring. Every Everybody was scoring points. There was, uh, I feel like, kind of my biggest, and then I'll step back for a little bit because I feel like I've been talking a lot. My biggest takeaway from the game was something that I didn't think that could even happen. Kansas City outran Philadelphia. And, I mean, I think that's exactly how and why they won the game. I think that Jalen Hurts obviously ran for his three touchdowns. But the game that Isaiah Pacheco put together and the game on the ground that Patrick Mahomes put together with an ankle injury um, was terrific, was not dominant but way more than what you thought that they were going to do. They ran for 158 yards against the best D-line in football, and that that offensive line showed how good they really were. And, I mean, they have been great all season, pass protecting, run blocking as well, in my opinion. It's opened up a lot of holes for Pacheco. And I feel like Pacheco, even with 76 yards, as I already said, really shined, at least to me, in this game. Agreed. I mean, I feel like obviously everyone talks about Philly's defense last night. And I mean, yes, I guess it was kind of questionable. But when you get yourself in a situation where it's an offensive battle, which we really haven't seen all that often in the Super Bowls, obviously high scoring game. As the defense, there's not much you can do in those situations when the offense is just rolling. Like, I mean, yeah, you can make adjustments. Yeah, you would expect them to do as much as they can. But I mean, there's nothing really you can take away from that. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I got one. At halftime, I was ready to double down on the Chiefs. I was like, I had a feeling. I was like, I don't know. I I, I didn't do it, but I was like, Andy Reid making halftime adjustments is just, it's just 
automatic. Like I knew there was something going on there. I mean, granted, if they didn't end up getting the scoop and score, Eagles go down and score again, I'd feel a little bit less confident about thinking about it at all. But Jalen Hurts is literally the real deal. I think that's the big, big, big takeaway from this, that like him having a good game and losing is acceptable. Very acceptable as an Eagles fan, I feel like. I feel like you can go into the future and be like, they still have picks. They have everything. Like, even though this is a tough loss, there's still a lot, a lot of work that they can do. Well, kind well of, besides the free agents, there's the free agent problem yeah. that they got that they got um, going on. There's like a fucking paragraph list of people that, that yeah. are going out. But like, and possible retired retirements. But I feel like for what they could have done, there you can't, in my opinion, Andy Reid making adjustments, there's very little you can do to change that, especially Nick Sirianni being a young coach. Well, that too, and Andy Reid, how he calls his offense, I don't know how, what's the percentage between him and Enemy and how much, I mean, I think Enemy calls the plays, but I whatever. Um, you can see on these drives that the Eagles were flying on motions, right? They were absolutely flying, yeah. crashing down on motions. And the fact that twice, that each time that the, the Chiefs were in the red zone, like close, I think within the five-yard line, they would send Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony in motion, right? And the corner would follow hard, crash, somebody would switch, right? And then the next play, they would do a half motion and then cut back, basically a counter with the receiver motion, leaving them wide open because the corner already switched off and wasn't covering that. It's just genius. Like, when you view yeah, football – they did it twice. They did back-to-back yeah, score. Exactly. Like – and the setup plays back-to-back, too. They ran the, those two plays each time when they were within the five-yard line. The play where they send the receiver fully in motion, making sure that the corner crashes, and then the second time, the scoring play, when it was a half motion and the cutback. That is just beautiful. It's a chess match, right? It's absolutely a chess match, and I, I loved watching that. Yeah, Stav, I'm glad that you said that because it was truly – like an offensive masterclass. Like this was um, like, it, it, I mean, it's the Super Bowl, right? You, you unleash all the tricks out of the bag, but it, it got to the point where, I mean, the Chiefs were, it, it turned into a physical battle. It turned into a mental battle. It was like, in terms of like every single aspect of the game in the second half, the Chiefs, I mean, just like, it might have been experience. It, it might have been coaching. I, I bet it was a mixture of a little bit of everything. But I feel like the Chiefs just like they have that step by step mentality. And something that stood out to me, Stav, before the game was uh, the stat that no team going into today had been down in the playoffs. No, each team was either tied or had a lead at every single point throughout their playoff run. And that made me just. Uh, like I would say a lot more confident in the Kansas city chiefs just due to experience. We talked about it on the last episode, me and Will were big on the experience of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed. And like you said, Will, wrapping your point into this as well, going down 10 at halftime, I said that it never really looked like they were out of it, but you couldn't really, I couldn't really get a good feeling. I I've, I bet there was a lot of people. And I know a few people that took um, chiefs money line at halftime. It was just the fact that I feel like, if any team were to go down and come back and win the game out of these two teams, it would have had to have been the Chiefs. I think if Philadelphia uh, was down, they beat themselves up. They're done. Patrick Mahomes, I would I would say that if Patrick Mahomes doesn't go down 10 going into halftime, I, I don't know. Like If they're down three, if they're up three, if they're up seven, I, I could see, like, I mean, them having less likely odds. It sounds crazy, I know having less likely odds towards winning the game, being down two scores, you're going into halftime, but you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Eric Bieniemy, you have Andy Reid, who have all either coached and or played in a Super Bowl, who have won a Super Bowl. Um, and, and it just shows that difference of coaching. I bet Sirianni and his crew, if or when they get back to this moment, it's going to be a lot different in their term, in terms of their style of coaching, in terms of you know, their script of plays, of how they run plays, of their momentum uh, switches, of like what they want to do in terms of everything. The Chiefs just had it down pat. They've been there. They've done it before. And that's big for coaching. And it really proved. And I feel like that once again wraps up. I'm trying to kind of collectively 
add up all of our points. But I feel like that also adds up to special teams stuff where special teams, in my opinion, if you coach special teams the way that you're supposed supposed to coach special teams, it affects the game in ways that this game was affected. So this just shows how well coached um, I would say both teams are in the special teams department, but it shows just that that little bit of oomph that Kansas City gets from being here before. And, and that I feel like that experience is the reason why they won this game by three. I wanted it's, to say well, back to like the points, like you comparing like, OK, if they were down, like only a touchdown, or it was a one score instead of a two score game. I feel like Andy Reid going into the locker room immediately you get the green light and be like, OK, we need to make a big adjustment here. We need to really turn things around and we need to make a comeback. Like we're, we're like, we can't be just down 10 and think, okay, we're done. Like bigger things have to happen. If you're down only one score, you can kind of go with the mentality. Okay. Let's tweak the small things and see what works and make adjustments as we go. I feel like having that bigger gap within the score for them honestly helps them because they can just flip the script on the Eagles. And why, why would they ever be ready for it? Well, at the same time too, you have more time in the Super Bowl to adjust. You have a half hour mm-hmm. block. Compared oh, yeah. to 15 minutes or whatever, I think it's 45 minutes. I However like long 25. you have, because I think Rihanna was 25, and then they have another 15. Yeah, what? However long you have, they they have more time to adjust. And the Chiefs were right there, essentially, right? Like the plays that they were running in the first half worked, but minus the two drives, just Philadelphia was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And getting the ball first really helped them, and uh, in the second half, rather. So that – it propelled them, and the, it, there was no answer. There's no answer for Patrick Mahomes. He was limping off the field and all this stuff, and then he just – whatever they gave him, I'm dying to know what the – Oh, they gave him something. They gave him something because he couldn't walk to end that second half. Or to end and the first half, I'm sorry. To end the first half, he came back and um, he ran for 44 yards in total. He had that – Long scamper uh, for 26 yards that got them a pivotal first down and in big field positioning. It, it was, it, it, I mean, it was beautiful. And Kelsey, who didn't go over 100 yards in this game, still found his way into the end zone in the first quarter. Just an absolute lock. He had six receptions on six targets. He had 81 yards. I mean, that's everything you could ask for from Travis Kelsey. Um, and uh, as a Chiefs better, this is actually going to be funny. Um Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, has been battling injuries all season, I was praying to God that he wasn't going to play. I thought, I thought, I thought, and I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I'm thinking if Juju plays, I feel like Juju has more of a chance to mess something up than anybody else does because someone like uh, Sky Moore or Marquez Valdez-Scantling or, uh, I mean, I guess you could say Justin Watson at, at tight end because they – they like to run a lot of extra tight ends if you have a wide receiver out, especially. Um, they are too scared to mess something up. And I was scared that Juju was going to, like, maybe tip a ball, get it up in the air, it would be picked off, something like that, or make a mental error. And Juju had, I mean, seven grabs for 53 yards. That's a great game from Juju, especially in the Super Bowl. Um, Justin Watson, who's the third-string tight end, or I guess you could argue the backup, and Noah Gray, the third-string tight end, Central Mass native Noah Gray. Um, I mean, it was a team performance. And it goes back to the point, everybody's talking about this, so I'm just going to say it real quick. Losing Tyreek Hill is a big blow, but when you have Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter really who your wide receivers are, especially with someone like a Travis Kelsey there who will be open every time you need him. Patrick Mahomes will literally just put the ball in your hands. Like you don't have to do much as a wide receiver. He's going to put the ball exactly where it needs to be. All you have to do is close your hands. And Patrick Mahomes, only 182 yards, did exactly what he needed to do. I mean, name another time you've seen somebody throw under 200 yards in the NFL and still throw for three touchdowns. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did it efficiently. They did it on the ground efficiently. Uh, They played defense tremendously and overall like it wasn't Patrick Mahomes who had to take over and he won the Super Bowl MVP but I would say that the Chiefs defense even though they still gave up 35 points was probably the most important part of their game behind the special teams too yeah 100 percent. I mean it's crazy when you look at 
the stats that I mean, just all postseason. Mahomes, I think he threw 70% in the postseason. He yeah. barely turned the ball over. If I don't even think he did. He might have thrown one interception all postseason, but um, I can't remember it. I'm just I, mean, I don't he think he did. I know he fumbled. I don't know yeah, about interceptions. But he just unreal. Like he doesn't. generational talent. Like we're we're watching greatness when he steps on the field. And um this game lived up to the hype, and I love how we didn't talk about the call at the end of the game because when it comes down to it, we don't want to spend any negative energy on this game. This was an excellent game. Like this was an I had a great time watching this Super Bowl. Yeah. Um action. Jalen Hurts is I think Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback in the league. Um Mahomes solidifies himself as number one. There's no I don't think there's much argument. Um my top five right now, I'll go. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, Herbert. Um, in no I, particular order? In that order. Okay. I, I'm going to go in no particular order. But first off, Mahomes, clear cut number one, which I said, on, yep. I said on the last episode, he wins this. He is the best player in the league. He is number yep. one in the league. Um, but for quarterbacks, I would go Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lamar fully healthy and hurts. I would throw hurts. I don't think Herbert's there. And I, I mean, this is a bold podcast, but going Mahomes, one clear cut, obviously. And then I think two to five is kind of, you can kind of change. I'm going to go Burrow, Allen, hurts, Lamar healthy. Yeah, I just don't. And think I think Herbert's. I think I think Herbert falls just underneath. Just after, yeah. I mean, it was a tough year. I have to, we got I have to play into that too. It was a tough year for Lamar, but I feel like Lamar fully healthy is absolutely ridiculous. MVP. But but like that, yeah, MVP. Like we can't can't. That, that fifth way. spot for me is up. I don't. I'm not putting Lamar necessarily right there. I'm debating putting Trevor Lawrence in that fifth spot after what we've seen from yeah. him in the second half yeah. of the year. Um, I cannot wait to get back. I mean, it sucks that football's over, but. This is why we love football. We can debate it all offseason when free agency rolls around, when the draft rolls around. We will be debating the top five, top whoever, right? Who's the best team, the power rankings, all this stuff, all the yeah. fun stuff. But for now, it's over. Yes. Yeah. For the now, the season is over. The Kansas City Chiefs have been crowned king once again, back in their throne, well deserved. Uh, just a great season. No such thing as a bad slate. In turn, there's no such thing as a bad NFL season. Um, one of the better seasons, I would say, in the past five, ten years of just storylines of different quarterbacks stepping up. The next generation of quarterbacks is rolling through. So I think that's a big reason why I would mark this as one of the bigger seasons. You know, we had an emergence of Hertz. We had an emergence of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, a lot of people took strides like Tua when healthy. Um you could even argue Joe Burrow got better this season. Um, and then, of course, the king, uh, rightfully crowned now, Patrick Mahomes, officially the best player in the NFL, the best mm -hmm. quarterback currently in the NFL, um, and two-time Super Bowl champion. But with that and being said. My last shout-out. Yep. NFL season, shout last shout-out. No, get him out of the way. Shout-out Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Phenomenal job in the booth. Phenomenal. They did a great job in the booth. I, I wasn't a big fan of the pregame or the half or the halftime show, in my opinion. But in the booth, Greg Olson. Um, I'm sorry, Tom Brady's going to take a job. Feel Greg so Olson, bad for him. I I genuinely feel like he's going to be on the B team. And Greg yeah. Olson is an A team. Uh, color seven, color that's color, a seven million dollar pay cut from moving yeah. from the A to B team. It's ten million to three million, which in in high like in the broad term of things, three million dollars a year. Are you kidding me? But it sucks because I think Greg Olson has earned his spot on the A-team. Kevin Burkhart, he has an excellent story as well. He did a phenomenal job. When the season first kind of rolled around and people were saying, oh, Fox is going to get the Super Bowl without Buck and Aikman. No, Burkhart and Olson did an excellent job. I'm glad we're going to see them in the booth one more time together as well because Brady's not going to take over Fox until 25 or whatever the season after this one is. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. – in turn, Will, end of the season, final shout-outs, final 
Final thoughts on this NFL season. Um, let's see. I got Herbert MVP season loading next year. All right, all right. Uh, hopefully, in my dreams, it's gonna be a tough division next year. Um, but I can't believe I even just said that. We're not gonna be talking about divisions yet. We will soon. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be wild. Welcome to basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun throughout here. Um, just a great way to end this season, though. Obviously, football, we are inside the five. That is a football term. That That is our kind of bread and butter. But it, it's time to transition. We got a lot of basketball to talk. We got a lot of stuff to cover. And we will see you guys then later in the week with some college basketball, with some NBA as well. We hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for tuning in throughout the season. If you guys like basketball, make sure to keep tuning in to us. Uh, And yeah, great season and peace. Peace.